to the Cake Adjacent Podcast, a once a week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie and a little bit hoarse today, Jen Colesaw, coming to you from the soulless suburbs of Northern Virginia. Today I want to talk to you about friendships. I love friendship stories. I love stories about how people meet. I love stories about how people become friends. I love movies where the women become friends and ditch the philandering dude who cheated on both of them. I love telling stories about how I met some of the most important people in my life. I think that one of the reasons why the part of the agenda that people love so much is about how Jen and I met is because there are so many bad relationships out there that we hear about that when there's a good one, true ones, we want to celebrate in them. I believe, for real, that true love isn't just between two people who get married and stay together forever and ever the end. True love can be between two platonic friends who grow and evolve and just keep becoming friends over and over again forever and ever. And today I want to tell you a true love friendship story of mine, and it is also the fatness origin story. Fatness is my tiny emotional support hippo who is featured on my socials, especially when I'm feeling scared at the oncologist or when I'm at a meeting that is pissing me off or when I'm anxious about being at some location I really don't want to be or when I'm having a good time and I want to share it with her and you. Some of you may have read this before because I've talked about it on the socials, but it's really important to share this story today. When I moved from Providence to Northern Virginia, I was lonely because I was recovering from a serious illness and surgery, and I had no friends or a job yet. The only person I knew was Ben. And Northern Virginia is not the most hospitable place. It's a very disposable place. It's a temporary place. And it is about the opposite of a small, vibrant, artsy college town like Providence, as you can imagine. There are so many places here that look exactly alike, either neighborhoods or shopping plazas, and everything is named similarly, like Fair Oaks or Fair Lakes or Fairfax, Fairfax Circle or Fairfax Center, and it's really hard to find any sense of self here. And I have often said it's like living in an airport hotel, because while yes, there are some people who grew up here and stayed here, for the most part, people are here just doing time for their work or military or government service or the good schools or all of the things related to work and military and government service. And then when they are done with those things, they leave for other cheaper places, friendlier places. Folks make connections within their small microcosms of kids' sports games, maybe the, their own block in their little HOA, maybe a work friend or two, probably church. but you are really hard-pressed to find a local bar where you can watch a sports game or a coffee place where you see the same folks every day or a restaurant where you actually get to know the people who work there and the people who eat there. And having come from Providence, where there are only those places, it was really hard for me, and I was lonely. I missed my community in Providence. 
And so I was traveling back to Providence a lot to see my friends and my family still in Connecticut. I made some Twitter friends. Erica, who was a reporter for the AP and who had just moved to Providence herself, and two other women friends, we made up the Cow Cake Girl Gang because we talked all the time about going and getting this black and white cake, which is called Cow Cake, from Wright's Farm Bakery all the time and getting leather jackets and riding around Rhode Island on electric scooters. We tried to get together when I came up and they became friends with all of my Providence friends as well. On one of my annual trips to Chincoteague for my birthday, I stopped in at one of those little souvenir shops and I bought some of these little rubber plastic animals called Good Luck Minis. And I got one little animal that best represented our little cow cake girl gang. A teeny hippo always laughing, a wild mustang, a puffer fish, and a manatee. I won't tell you who was who. The little minis were put on a curio shelf with other little items that I collected and got dusty and I didn't think about them for a while. My father hadn't been diagnosed with cancer yet, but when he was a year later and I was coming to Connecticut more and more, the Cow Cake Girl gang was there for me. They sent me messages while I sat vigil in the hospital and sent this gigantic chocolate cake that we shared with everyone who visited, plus nurses and doctors. Two of the members of the girl gang kind of faded away. I'm not really sure what happened there, but Erica and I stayed close. We emailed and tweeted and texted all the time. We even talked on the phone, and I hate the phone. And we would get together every time I was in Providence. We made up ridiculous hashtags for our adventures, from hashtag Hawaii complaints when she made fun of me for complaining of it raining when I was on a trip to Oahu, to hashtag bag of hands, and all the shenanigans that happened at that Dunkin' Donuts in Swansea when she was covering a murder trial. Not all of this will mean anything to anyone but me and Erica and maybe a few other people I know. But while we didn't see each other all the time, we were there for each other through boyfriends and jobs and hobbies and ex-husbands and pets and all the things in between the life and death of those things. I've talked a lot about Erica and my musings on social media, Twitter mostly, about how she was an incredible joyful person who never said no to an adventure or a friend, and how she was always laughing, always a big goddamn smile on her face, bike riding and playing hockey and learning welding and playing bass guitar in a girl band. Whatever it was, it was 125% effort 100% of the time. My Twitter and Facebook mentions are full of responses and messages from Erica, which both make me happy and undeniably bereft and continued heartbroken. If I had an iPhone, I'd have almost 13 years of text messages and goofy pictures from her. She took care of all of our mutual friends, checking in on those who were having trouble in their lives, never judging, always loving, just the best friend. Posting pics from her outriding adventures on her bike, Sunset pictures from her Goodnight Providence series, tucking in the city she had come to really love. But in the fall of 2020, she died quite unexpectedly of an undiagnosed cancer that had been quietly ravaging her during the pandemic. Tomorrow, October 2nd, is the second anniversary of her shocking death. And when she was just gone, our collective Providence and Baltimore hearts broke and really all over the world, because she made all these connections with people. I mean, it is an understatement when I tell you 
that our hearts broke. It was like all the lights went out in all of us and all the air in our lungs expelled, and we were just not able to take another breath. And then a month later, there was the election, and Trump lost but didn't concede. And then a month later, I was diagnosed with cancer. And all I could think about while I was going to urgent care during COVID over Christmas while Ladybug and Ben sat in the parking garage for hours while I got my infusion of rocket fuel antibiotics was how much I wish Erica was at the other end of my phone, my Twitter, my text, my email. And on insurrection day, while my phone was pinging out of my pocket like a wild animal, I was literally getting microchipped for my surgery in this grubby basement of the worst health center in our network, which, by the way, I am convinced is haunted, and I would have had this whole conversation with her about that. I wanted so much to get her take on everything going on. Erica would have had so much to say about all of this, cancer and Trump and election and insurrection. I missed her more and more as the days went on, not less. And then just before radiation started, and I was figuring out coping mechanisms the way I do, what am I going to wear to radiation? What am I going to put in my pocket as a talisman? I found the hippo again. I mean, I found the whole cow cake girl gang, good luck mini quartet, but it was that hippo that hippo with the big goddamn smile and that up for anything vibe. Let's fucking go! And I made it a thing. But I was always going to take that hippo with me everywhere from now on, because by now I'm sure you have guessed who fatness represented in that group. I don't miss Erica any less, but I have her with me in my own weird way that I know she would appreciate and approve. I love my friends with all my heart. I'm not really a halfway person in much of anything. I'm an all-in all the time. And I met her right on Twitter. Here's the thing. No person is made into an already complete puzzle. We're all made up of pieces, and other people are made up of pieces, right? And we fit each other's pieces, puzzle pieces sometimes. I know how trite that sounds, but I can't think of a better analogy. Sometimes your family are your other puzzle pieces, and sometimes they are absolutely the wrong size and shape, and that's okay, because they're the right size and shape for other people. The trick is to not jam those pieces into the spots in your life that are empty, just assuming they'll make you whole. I hope you have your Erica, whether she's a friend you've known since you were a kid, or someone you met in the grocery store checkout line two weeks ago, or someone that you just happened to find on Twitter because she was looking for advice about something having to do with Providence. Hang on to her. And I hope you have your version of fatness, an emotional support hippo who you carry with you wherever you go, taking selfies for her because she hasn't figured out the camera phone, with that big smile on her face, always looking up and laughing, encouraging you to try new things, meet more people, pet that dog, adopt that cat, and embark on every goddamn adventure that comes your way. Let's fucking go! So that's the origin story of the best hippo friend a girl could ever have, who has supported her quietly on a dusty shelf for the past 12 years and loudly for the past 18 months, and the story of one of the best girlfriends who supported me loudly for 12 years and quietly for the last year and a half.
And with those thoughts, let's get right to the food holidays for the month of October, because I can tell you that not only would Erica love this podcast and support it, she totally loved the food holiday updates. And there are a lot of good food holidays in October, which is also Erica's birthday month. For the month of October, starting today, we have Eat Better, Eat Healthier Month, which is immediately followed by Eat Country Ham Month, which I don't find ironic at all. It's also National Apple Month, which is a very good month-appropriate food. I would have bought a bushel of apples at the farmer's market to bring up to mom. Not a whole bushel, but just a few. But because of the storm, all the markets are closed today, but maybe they'll be open tomorrow. It's National Caramel Month, which gets two thumbs up from me, as well as National Chili Month. Ben makes a really good chili, and so do I, but his is better, and our friends at the vet's office love it, so we often bring it with us when we go up there. October is also National Cookie Month, and I should have planned for that and shared a cookie recipe every week, but I guess I still have time. Yet another thing I put in the Patreon perks. It's National Dessert Month, and I think you know my motto, which is, eat dessert first. And if that isn't always feasible, at least know what is for dessert, so you can determine just how much dinner to eat, because you want to save room for dessert. This month is also Pickled Peppers Month, and while I'm not a fan of eating them, they are fun to make. My beloved stepfather loved sweet pepper relish, and we would make about a gallon every year to get him through the 12 month of pickled pepper relish. It is also National Pizza Festival Month, and I'm not sure what that means, so I guess just eat pizza often in October. It's also National Popcorn Poppin' Month, which I can get on board with because I love popcorn, especially that fancy popcorn from Indiana, which is like the popcorn center of the universe. I'm a fan of the hullest popcorn that is blue or ruby red because it is so tiny and tender. That kind of gourmet popcorn is such a great gift for anyone who likes popcorn. And if you wondered how I pop my corn, I use grapeseed oil in my Whirly Pop popcorn pot. If you need details on that, you just let me know. October is also National Pork Month, and you may be aware, but this is where bacon comes from. It's also National Pretzel Month, and I love pretzels, but as you can probably imagine, I am not a fan of stunt pretzels. Like the honey mustard is okay, but no other flavors. And speaking of things I don't like, it is also Seafood Month, so I'll just skip that and sub in maybe frozen custard or banana bread. It is Vegetarian Awareness Month, and I make a lot of jokes, but we could all absolutely stand to eat less meat, certainly less factory farmed meat, so this might be a good month to try that. And I have heard that it is also Sober October, which I don't think I would need to celebrate because I just don't drink enough for it to be a thing. But if this is something that you do, I recommend you do it now instead of dry January when everyone is sad and depressed and the sun never comes out. Dry January just seems like a bad idea all around. It really just sets people up for sadness. Okay, now on to the first week of October, which is Chili Week and No Salt Week, which are a bit contradictory, so good luck with that. Luckily, chili is also a month, so you have three plus other weeks to eat chili if you have to go no salt for one week. Now, let me take a breath. For this week's food holidays, and I'm going to go all the way to the 11th because I'll be visiting mom next week. Please pray for me and my sister. Please celebrate with me. So I'm not sure I'll get a pod done unless you want me to try to record one with Kath. Let me know in the Twitter comments or email me at twochocolatecakes at gmail.com and tell me what you think Catherine and I should talk about on the podcast next weekend. 
Today is World Vegetarian Day. My favorite vegetarian foods are usually from Indian restaurants. I love sag paneer, which is spinach and rice and cheese in a not-too-spicy tomatoey sauce. I like a lot of vegetarian things. I just don't like fake meat or fake cheese. I was actually a vegetarian for a few years when I was in my late 20s, when the idea of eating meat that had bones still in it just horrified me. And I ended up with pernicious anemia, which is a very serious B12 deficiency because I just do not absorb enough B vitamins from other foods well enough. And I got pretty sick, enough that doctors thought I had multiple sclerosis. But all I needed was injectable B12 and to go back to eating meat if I wasn't going to be a better vegetarian. I still do not eat meat that has bones attached to it, though. It is also something called pudding season begins. And while I could just click through the link and probably find out that it's the British version of pudding, which means dessert, I would rather just guess or imagine. And I'd like to think that it is all kinds of puddings. Maybe Yorkshire pudding. I like Yorkshire pudding a lot. It is also homemade cookies day, and I'm still feeling kind of puny from whatever little bug, not COVID, I've already tested twice, I caught at last week's conference, and I'm not going to make cookies today. Plus, it's very damp and humid and rainy here from the storm, and that's a terrible cookie baking weather. But if I was going to bake cookies, it would be peanut butter cookies, so that perhaps will be this week's recipe for the Patreons. Yet another plug for joining the Patreon. Sunday, October 2nd, is National Fried Scallops Day. Yuck. You can have mine because you know I do not eat seafood or shellfish. Monday the 3rd is Caramel Custard Day, which I think you also may know as flan. And I like that, although I actually prefer creme brulee because I like the crunchy top. Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. And can you actually imagine that it falls on a Tuesday this year? So that's like double happiness. It's also Vodka Day, and while I am not sponsored by Tito, Tito's Vodka yet, I recommend Tito's Vodka while you enjoy your tacos. Vegetarian tacos, if you're trying to cut meat out of your diet this month. You can stuff a taco full of veggies and cheese and taco spices, and it will be so delish. It's also Cinnamon Roll Day, and I had such a good cinnamon roll this past week at that conference and the coffee was so good. Normally, those little continental breakfasts at those things are just awful. It's like the coffee is the worst and the pastries are like cardboard. But this was probably one of the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had. And it was easily the best coffee I've ever had. I really need to find out who catered that event. Wednesday, the 3rd, is National Apple Betty Day. And here's a quick little primer on the differences between all of the baked apple things. So Apple Brown Betty has a topping that's usually made with flour and brown sugar and butter, and that makes it very crispy on top. Apple Crisp topping, on the other hand, has those things, but it also includes oats, which makes it soft on top and not crispy. It could be kind of crunchy, but it won't be buttery crispy. And then cobblers have a pastry topping. And a buckle is a fruit is a coffee cake with fruit in it. My favorite baked apple dessert after just plain old apple pie is a cookie top apple cobbler from Cook's Illustrated. And if I can share the recipe because it might be behind a paywall, uh, I will because that is really just what I think is the best apple cobbler ever. 
Thursday is National Noodle Day, and my understanding is that pug is having some health issues, so let's all collectively celebrate National Noodle Day and send good vibes to Noodle the Pug. And here's a little secret about me that you might not know. I try not to fall in love with internet pets because I cannot take the heartache when they leave us. The collective heartache of hundreds of thousands of people's sorrow, plus the pet's person's sorrow, and then my own, that is way too much for me to bear. But I will think good thoughts for Noodle. Friday is Frap Day, and if you don't know what a Frap Day, it's a milkshake. And if you know anything about me, you know that my favorite milkshakes are actually frozen custard vanilla with a shot of espresso. I'm not sure how you all don't have that tattooed on your foreheads yet. Saturday is Fluffernutter Day, and I'm going to guess there are a fair amount of folks in my listenership who don't know what that is, but it is peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwich, and I am 100% a fan. It is so much better than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich after you've been out shoveling or playing in the snow or after ice skating or skiing. It is so perfect with hot chocolate. Sunday, the 9th of October is Moldy Cheese Day, and I absolutely believe that that day needs a better marketing team. It is also Submarine Hoagie Hero Grinder Day, and I have mentioned it here, but where I come from, they are called grinders. And to drill down a little bit deeper along the coast of Connecticut, northeast of the Connecticut River, so Mystic, Stonington, Pawkatuck, the grinders are actually made with shredded raw cabbage instead of shredded lettuce. And it makes all the difference, and you should try it sometime. It would never steer you wrong. Monday the 10th is Angel Food Cake Day, which is a cake I love to eat, even though I always get really sticky because I tend to eat it with my fingers because it's so spongy, it's really hard to eat with a fork. But I have never successfully made it. Tuesday is National Sausage Pizza Day, and it's also World Egg Day. And considering how incredible eggs are, I don't know how they are reduced to just one day, a Tuesday even. Okay, friends, that's it for food holidays and for this week's podcast. So please keep rating and sharing the podcast, talking it up in your subversive church groups, your book clubs, or the waiting room at National Tire Direct, and other spaces where you find community. You can support this work by joining the Patreon, who this week got their own mini-podcast, plus they get extra content including Poetry Moment, the recipe box with copies of many of the recipes talked about here, mail drops like postcards, and sometimes even stickers. I hope you have a good week coming up, and I'm not going to give you an assignment except to be kind to yourself, maybe try to stay hydrated as needed, and maybe tell your your bestie how much you love them, but honestly, you should do that every day. Okay, you, you got assignments after all. I guess I cannot help myself. It's because I love you and I want you to be your best self. And finally, I will remind you that you do not need to meet unreasonable people in the middle and negotiate the truth from there. You can actually stand your ground from the leftiest left and tell people, even people you love and care about, in your full-throated, commie pinko yelp how wrong they are about pretty much everything. See you next week.